Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sandro, Sandro. Yes. We've got to go back. We've got to go back to the past and watch a movie. Back to the past, but oh, we're in the Scott. future. They're here for me, Sandro. Some who's here for you? Guys in a van. Oh, jeez, Doc. Who's who's here for you, you have Doc? To go oh, back geez. and save the Enterprise. Oh, jeez, Doc. Back to the Star Treks. What? Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez, Zach. That sure was a great intro. Yep. Uh, yep. Your your Morty. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Marty, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marty, not not Morty. That that no. that's that's a totally different character. Yeah, welcome wow. to Oldie But a Goodie, the show where we review uh, a Star Trek movie that has one particular actor in it. I wonder <laughs> if you can guess. Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty. Absolutely, absolutely. He's was he there. born it's... when this came out? Probably not. <laughs> uh, he actually played a very very young baby Spock. I'm here, Zach. Sandra is here, yes, so, but we've also got uh, the professor himself, uh, Mr. Doc Brown, with us today. That was highly illogical. <laughs> <laughs> that nice. is fair. That is a fair criticism. <laughs> that is the first sentence you have said on this podcast, and I, did I appreciate that it. I was going to join in. I was going to riff, but I was like, no, mm. save it, save it, save it. You got a good line. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you jumped in at the perfect time. Uh, perfect. How you doing, Reesey boy? This is Reese, by the way. He's, yeah, hi guys. he's not Doc Brown. I'm no. sorry to disappoint, but no, you'll have no. to do. I hope I, um, I hope I can live up to that, by the way. But I'm doing pretty yeah. well. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Uh, Reese, you. This is your first time on this podcast. It is. Is it your first time ever doing a podcast, Reese? Absolutely not. <laughs> not. No. What do you mean? I've been doing podcasts for. 11 years now. Whoa, 11 years. <laughs> Incredible. That's more than two. That is more yeah. than two. And yeah, for people who aren't familiar, Reese, myself, Zach, we've all done many, many, many podcasts in the past, mm-hmm. including Improbable Podcast, you were on The Wacko Show, and then we also did The Undertaking, all about Arrow Season 2, the best season of Arrow, Fight Me. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Arrows at dawn. But you're on this show to talk about Star Trek uh, 3, Search for Space. Spock. Spock. However, we also talked about Star Star Trek 1, Motion Picture, and Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan, over on Spinoff on the Nerd Out channel. Link in the description to check that out, or just subscribe to Nerd Out with uh, Rob Lloyd, Jen Spears, and Sanjay Felcher. You can find that there. The show is Spinoff, episode 7. 7? Go, go listen to that one before this one. Then you'll get the context, or alternatively, go watch the first two movies, Yes. then listen to the podcast. Then go back and watch the third movie, then listen, then listen to, this, to this podcast. So stop yes. now, go do that, and then come That's back. That's like an entire day's worth. We've sorted out for you. There you go. A gift mm-hmm. to you. I thought this was really fun. Not as good as Wrath of Khan, but it was really fun. <laughs> well, there's not much to say, really. It's no. less good than Khan, but still good. Yes. Perhaps more cinematic than Khan, mm. in terms of the epic scope of yeah. the visuals and where they go and stuff, yeah. Although I will say I did have a lot of problems. 
uh, with it. There was I had quite a lot, surprisingly. Like as the movie went on, I'm like, I have a surprising amount of problems with it. I still liked it. Mm. There was just a lot of problems I have. I have a little. I have a little list of them. In fact, I didn't have as many problems with this as, as I thought I would. So huh. I was quite surprised. So there that's you interesting. Go. Yeah, that's because yeah. you're with the critics and I'm with the people, you know? Sure. Because um, the critics rated it like 80%, whereas, whereas the audience rated it 60%. And I yep. was surprised that I felt more on the 60% side than I did the 80% side, which was interesting. It's almost like for every franchise mm. that has star in front of the name, this happens. <laughs> yeah, no... But in Khan, it's like 80% from the critics and 90% from the audience. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I was just looking at those two scores. Because Wrath of Khan is a better Star Trek episode, but not mm. a great movie. Whereas this is perhaps a better movie, but mm. as a Star Trek story, it's... Eh. I was going to say that mm. exact thing. I think they're becoming more and more like films as opposed to just episodes writ large mm. before we jump into search for spock though zach we've gotten a couple comments on youtube we've got a bit of feedback feedback oh, we're going to interact I with our audience criticism we did get a comment from james chandler who said on our episode of hot dog the movie that hot dog in the title refers to hot dog skiers oh that name is still shit <laughs> Still a bad movie name, yeah, but still a bad movie name. Also, the term "hot dog skiers" is about people who do mad daredevil stunts while skiing, which no one did in Hot Dog the movie. Yeah, no, it was very tame on the ski level, actually. Very graphic and other things, but in terms of yeah, yep, that's for sure. What it made up the... for in Hot Dog, it made up for with hot dogging. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Took me to that. I was going to say, you saw people's hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we saw well, we saw lots of buns. Ah. Yes. If you want to get in contact, you can. We got an email address, or yeah, I guess comment on one of our YouTube videos. I mean, we'll see it. Zach, you chose uh, Star Trek Three: Search for Spock out of uh, two other options mm. that you passed up on, both of which I kind of want to watch, to be yeah. honest. But those other two options were Once Upon a Time in America. It's a three-hour, 40-minute-long movie uh, directed by the guy that did The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. It is a crime film. Robert De Niro, he goes to New York, and he's like, I'm a gangster. <laughs> I'm a gangster. Yo. Yo. Honestly, it looks like one of the best movies of... 84 but it's also very long and i don't think we'd want to do a synopsis review on that so yeah that 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 episode's five hours long <laughs> yeah beat <laughs> me to it oh jeez i love the director sergio mm. leone though so man yeah i'll check oh, it out at some point yeah no you check it out at some point and of course robert de niro one of the best the other option that you had was streets of fire you've got to say it like that streets of fire was that good? Yeah, it's pretty per okay. perfect. Uh, it's got an old star cast, including Willem Dafoe. Ooh. He's in a gang of bikers, I believe. They kidnap a rock singer. And the movie is a mixture between action, drama, neo-noir, musical, and comedy. And it sounds incredible. Isn't that just Star Trek Three? Rick Moranis is in it, which is awesome. Love Ooh, that guy. Oh, yeah. We'll have to check that out at some point. Absolutely. Diane Lane's in it as well. It's good stuff. But anyway. I'll come back for Let's that. get into <laughs> Star Trek Three. The Search for Spock, it was released June 1st, directed mm. by Leonard Nimoy, best known for playing Spock. 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 I really liked how his name did not appear in the opening 
credits for the cast it only appeared as director but then at the end in the final credits it was like also starring Leonard Nimoy as Spock and you're like ah because they couldn't do that because it would be a spoiler except the movie is called The Search for Spark (laughs) this is a great segue into one of the fundamental things I'm annoyed about this film is the title is a spoiler for the movie I mean the second one had a spoilerific title too thinking about it that's yes, I had the true. same thought as you. The yeah. search for Spock. What do you mean? The dead guy. Oh, he's alive. I get it. Yeah. Yes, but also we didn't have a previous movie set up that was like a very key moment in the Star Trek universe when Spock died. You know, that mm. important emotional moment. We found out where his soul was the most mm. human. Yes. It would be... Exactly. It would be like calling Spider-Man for the return of Tony Stark. You know? Oh, that's yes. a good name. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Good name. Yes. Unfortunately, a spoiler. I would love it if when uh, the eventual fourth Tom Holland movie comes out and Tony Stark does return in it and we just predicted that, it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But he's robotic, Tony Stark. Ooh. Then they Ultron him <laughs> to turn him into Vision but Tony Stark. Anyway. That sounds... Uh, yep. <laughs> yes. That would happen in the comics. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I think that probably has happened in the comics, though, oh, to probably. be honest. There's absolutely robot Tony Stark. Yeah. Speaking of which, Star Trek 3. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, directed by Leonard Nimoy. Before this, he only directed TV. This was his first feature debut, and he did a good job. It's also yes. written and produced by Harvey Bennett, one of the guys who got a story by credit on Wrath of Khan. Except he got to write the whole thing himself this time, so good on him. For the cast, William Shatner is James T. Kirk. <laughs> well, that, that that was great. That was great. I appreciated that. I think this is his best performance in Star Trek. And in terms of an entire movie, Ooh. I think he oh. carries the entire movie the whole yeah. way through, and he's great. Yeah, okay. In terms of, like, quantity, better, but... The end scene of uh, Khan yes. is very good because I went oh, back yeah. and watched it again. And the way he says the lines is very emotionally hard hitting, oh, yeah. which I appreciate. Oh, totally. You cutting on bastard. <laughs> Not that one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, yeah. Although, you know, it's Kirk. Oh, yeah. It was very, it was very on brand for sure. The, um,. David's death in this. Spoilers, Ooh. jumping ahead a lot. Wow. Spoilers, yeah. a lot of spoilers. I didn't even realise it happened. <laughs> I thought it was just yeah. pushed on the ground for a second. I, I was... That's one of the many things I actually have a problem with this movie, which mm. I don't know if I'm going to get into yet, mm. but that is one of them, that they just kind of gloss over his death. Yeah. yeah. A lot. I... Like, Kirk is like, you killed my son, boo-hoo. And then continue on with the action. Don't worry about it. Anyway, mm. fun fact about Shatner. He was trying to lose weight for this role, so he dieted before the start of production. But when filming uh, started up, he started to slip, and apparently he had to have uh, 12 different shirts made for him throughout the course of the filming of this movie. I could see Cause... that. When he wears the uniform with, like, this pink shirt, I thought, ooh. That doesn't do any any favours. <laughs> I didn't notice. For the, the rest of the cast, it's all the returning people. DeForest Kelly is... Awesome. Bones McCoy, and awesome as well. James Doohan is Scotty. George Takai Sulu. Walter mm. Koenig returns as Chekhov. Mm. And Nichelle Nichols is in this for f- three minutes as Uhura. Yes. 
Uh, we've also got Dame Judith Anderson, who shows up at the very end as the Vulcan High Priestess Tala. She did this because her nephew was like, do a Star Trek film. So she was like, okay. <laughs> Huh. Um, hey, Roddenberry, put me in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, Roddenberry wasn't involved in this movie at all, it seems. He was a executive consultant, according to the credits. Yeah, so. well, as we established on the uh, spin-off episode, uh, he kind of proposed an idea. They didn't like it, so no. kind of just fired him upwards, yeah. as you said. <laughs> yeah. For the character Savick, a carry-on from Khan, the actress Christy Alley did not return because she didn't want to be typecast. So instead, they brought in Robin Curtis, and she sticks around for oh. the journey home as well. So they did recast Savick. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. That was another one of my points which I didn't like, because I really liked yeah. her in the previous movie. She's yeah. great in the previous one. She was kind of bland in this movie. Mm. Her character, yeah. I mean. It was just her lines weren't exactly... She was the exposition source. Yeah, that's yep. that's that's what she was. She didn't really yep. have a personality. She was exposition robot. Oh, well. That was just me doing my Sandra impression. Yeah. <laughs> exposition? No, you're right. <laughs> exposition! Was that meant to be like Shatner saying, Khan? Yep. Exposition! Exposition! <laughs> Exposition! <laughs> uh, Mike Leonard returns after many years to play Spock's Ooh. father, Sarek. He was, oh, of course, yeah. in episodes of the original series mm. and the animated series. He's mm. great in this yeah. as well. He was one of the better actors, I think. Oh, he's excellent. Uh, we mentioned him before, but Merrick Butrick plays David, a.k.a. Young Kirk, according to all of my notes, because I forgot what his name was, even <laughs> though they say it every second line he's in. And finally, playing perhaps the most casual Klingon dude in all of... <laughs> Klingon culture, Krug, <laughs> yeah. is Christopher Lloyd. Of course, the Woo. doc from Back to the Future. He's in Taxi. He's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So many other films. He's making some questionable <laughs> performance choices in this. I, I don't know what you mean. I, love <laughs> I think he's great, but as a Klingon, like I think he's a good villain, but I don't think he's a good Klingon. I think that's the point. That's why he failed. Because the thing about them is they're usually quite menacing, mm. but... He really overcompensated with his crew, and then when he's dealing with Kirk, he's kind of barely keeping a grip of the situation. I think that's typecasting Klingons as well, because there are there are a race of people. There's going to be different types of them. The thing is, their culture is all about you know being strong and stuff. So mm. he's different. That's what makes him stronger in certain areas and that's why he has people that are following him he's still murdering his crew he's still got oh, yeah. like some weird slobbery dog thing you know he's doing klingon stuff but he's different and that's why his crew's following him but unfortunately that is his ultimate weakness yes. is that he's not quite as klingon-y i think he's and this is perhaps an issue mm. with the film in general but he's very silly mm. uh and the film is very silly and i liked the film in general being quite silly but he didn't really sell it for me unfortunately but oh, okay. i'm glad it did for you though because obviously he's a great actor i i'm okay with it just because he's also a renegade like he's literally yes. disobeying the laws and stuff and going you know nope i'm gonna be a terrorist boy Yep. Yeah, he talks about honour, because Klingons are very much based in honour. Absolutely. But he's not being an honourable Klingon. Mm, mm. Yeah. That's true. Which is interesting, yeah. Mm. At this point, the Klingons weren't super well established either. Like, they're, they're in a bunch of original series episodes, but it wasn't until Next Gen that they were, you know, yeah. 
They they were generic bad guy people. 80% from the critics, uh, from what I could tell, they were all like, this feels like Star Wars. <laughs> not a Finally, joke. That's what a I bunch like of the reviews said. Star Wars. Star Wars is good. <laughs> this is good film. Yes, I am a critic. I did say this in the uh, spin-off episode we did, but it was like they deliberately avoided going for the Star Wars feeling for the motion picture. Definitely. They went more for the 2001 Space Odyssey kind of feel. Yeah. But in this one, they, they leaned possibly towards the more popular movie franchise that was happening. Yeah, yes. also more interesting. Oof! I already said I liked the the motion picture, but it mm, certainly yes. isn't an adventure like it should be. Listen mm. to the episode of spinoff. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's yeah. good stuff. Uh, yeah, let's just say reception was very mixed on this movie. However, oh. mixed leaning positive, mm. whereas yeah. compared to the motion picture, which was mixed leaning negative. Hmm. This cost four million dollars more than Khan. This was sixteen million. Yeah, Khan had a surprisingly small budget, really, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because it feels a lot more expensive than 16 million especially compared mm. to some of the garbage we've covered this year mm. that have been more than 16 well there was a f- few recycled assets i i oh, noticed one definitely the computer graphics of the weapon yep. whatever the yep. the genesis exactly the same it's, exactly it's the, the same. same ones it's the exact same one there's a good yep. enough reason for that though it was kind of like a mm. the same document basically opening it on the computer yeah i mean it makes yeah. sense this is just a continuation of khan so yeah, yeah exactly. it makes sense that they could just reuse a lot of it all the costumes are the same all the sets are the same i yeah. like which that. does make sense yeah because it takes place exactly afterwards. yeah i don't know if we were even recording the uh spin-off episode when we said this but I find it really annoying in Voyager how they can't get to space dock and repair, yet the ship is pristine every episode after they have an encounter with a, mm. an enemy, whereas mm. this one has got... The Enterprise has got patches all over it. Yeah, yeah, and has to leave with patches on it. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is all right. Which is good. I'm down. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it made, though, off a $16 million budget? Um, <laughs> it is a hard uh, 180, one. 180. Nope, way less. I'm going 80. I'm going 70. Uh, It's 87, so both of your answers. (laughs) Yeah. I I was thinking originally 80, but I'm like, that's a little low. I'll I'll bump it up a zero. 180, (laughs) and then you're like, way lower. And I'm like, damn it, no! I should have gone for the 80. Yep. (laughs) It's the third lowest box office earnings out of every single Star Trek movie, beaten out by Final Frontier and Nemesis, perhaps the two worst, although I haven't seen Final Frontier in many, many years. Uh, I haven't adjusted that for inflation, though, so it's possible that Beyond might be lower, because that did effectively kill the franchise. So maybe Beyond came in lower. I'm going to quickly just add to what killed the franchise, the film franchise. Um, mm. Anton Yelchin died, so they've lost their Chekhov. Mm. And J.J. Abrams became Star Wars' boy. So. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts as to why there is no Star Trek 4. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and then Chris Pine wanted more money. Yeah, <laughs> and that as well. But also, like, it's pretty obvious that Paramount have no faith in this uh, IP much anymore outside of the TV. Because they completely missed the 50th anniversary. They did nothing mm. for the 50th an- oh, anniversary, know. and yeah. that still annoys me. They're making up for it now, though, and I kind of forgot to mention this when we did spin-off, and it was would have been perfect, but they're making a Captain Pike series oh, yes. with a young Spock and the number one from the Enterprise at the time. Wow, they got a lot of Spock lying around. On the note of having a lot of Spock laying around, do we move on to the synopsis now? Let's go through the whole synopsis, Woo! yes. Woo! This film cool. starts off with flashbacks. Wow. Yes, it does. 
Uh, I think you mean the recordings. Your recordings yeah. of the situation. It's not a flashback. Yeah. That it's it's a little blue blue screen that's playing recordings mm. uh, for someone somewhere. Is it the Klingons? Is it just the recording on the table? I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Hey, you remember when Spock died? <laughs> remember when Spock died? Remember when Spock died and he said the line, the needs of the many outweighs the needs of the few, or the one. By the one, I mean me. I'm talking about my needs. I'm Spock, I'm dying, goodbye. <laughs> He's dead. That's a direct quote. Hi, I'm Spock. <laughs> you may recognize me. Oh, from... by the way, um, spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, spoilers. we've already spoiled a lot, so... No, 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 no. I'm giving them a spoiler warning now. Anyway, uh, Spock's coffin, I guess, cryotube? Uh, no, it's a, it's a torpedo pod. It's a torpedo cryotube thing. They use, like, three names for it without, during the span of this movie. That's, that is a point. I didn't notice. Because <laughs> at the start, it's like, we're going to send his coffin to this thing. And then, then they're like, we found a cryotube on this planet. And then the Klingon's like, it's a torpedo. And it's got that written on it, doesn't it? Torpedo. Yeah, it is a torpedo. Great yeah. stuff. All right. I'm going to go for that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a torpedo. Coffin is just like, well, it is his coffin. You know. Mm. Buried him in it. Well, launched him in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's a coffin, but a cryotube. What the frick are you talking about, you scientific buff? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I'm not going to say that this script was rushed, but um, mm. might have been. Might have been a little rushed. Yeah, I, I, oh, I well. can feel it's a bit rushed. I'm not going to say that the character who referred to it as a cryotube is a poor execution of the same character from Wrath of Khan, but I think she is. Whoops. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Spock's torpedo <laughs> uh, is sent to the newly created planet Genesis, and it's a jungle planet or a desert planet or a snow-covered planet or hoth <laughs> it also just turns into mortal it did. then it went boom um yeah spoilers <laughs> after the epic events of wrath of khan the enterprise has got many damages and they may mm. and they need to be repaired so they head home we also get an exposition dump where kirk is like all the trainees have gone and my son david and lieutenant savik are over on another ship exploring the genesis thing uss grissom grissom yes that's it yeah yep. uh i didn't like the scientific ship i didn't like that it was destroyed in one shot well, it's a scientific vessel, and that's yeah, but like so is discovery. It's big, though. <laughs> yeah, but also the the Klingon warbird is like built for war and was very big for a Klingon warbird. It was a big ship. You're right. Yeah, I did have that note. So later on, yeah. So I think uh, I think it's like a, a pimped out battleship sort of thing. Yeah. So and it, it was an accident that they destroyed the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one of the Klingons paid with their life force? <laughs> yeah, yeah, They didn't want to do that, but it, like, maybe it hit a vital thing. It yeah. also is another thing that gets glossed over, that that ship gets freaking yeeted with all its crew and all its people. Yeah. Eh, and literally none of the characters ever mention. Oh, yeah, yeah all those people died. Huh. David yeah. frowns, and then that's it. Yeah, yep. that's like, <laughs> oh, man, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, I feel like... Uh, Perhaps it was cut for time, because this film is very short compared to every other Star Trek movie. It is true. It was very short. What else happens? Straight after this, we are introduced to Commander Krug, mm. as you mentioned, a Klingon dude, played by Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> That's how he plays it, too, Klingon as a dude. dude. <laughs> He's also got a weird uh, Klingon dog. 
so they pick up a tape from these pirates that has a recording of Kirk explaining exactly what the Genesis is on it, and they're like, we want to use that as a weapon. And so they go off to find Kirk. Yeah, it's funny. The first... Well, I keep saying the first film, but, you know, Khan, it was really top secret. No one was talking about it. And then suddenly Kirk records this diary about it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> with no security. But but he, he... I think it was like a secure channel that he sent to Starfleet that they managed to intercept or something. Mm. You know? Potentially, yeah. I liked how they murdered the people who delivered it, though. That was good. I don't... I didn't like how the lady just died, though. She was like, I love you, and then she blowed us up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> like, what was that why didn't they just, like, yeah, teleport her on board or something? Well, because she's she'd seen everything, and only he wants the information. But she knows about the location of the planet and knows about all of this stuff, and he's that greedy. I was excited for her character, and then she just died, and I'm like, <laughs> oh... Oh man! Yeah, they give her a name as well. Like she's called Valkyris, and I was like, "That's an awesome name." And then she just dies. <laughs> that's gonna last a while. That's, yeah, that's why I thought she was gonna last more than like two seconds before she gets literally <laughs> annihilated yeah. in a very cool scene. I liked, I liked the it was explosion cool. it was because good. yeah, you know, it did the normal Star Trek funny explosion effect that yeah. looks like the star, the Death Star explosion. But then yeah. there's like pieces yeah. of the ship that are flying about after the destruction, yeah. which it makes sense. And I thought the model movements in that were much better than Wrath of Khan, even though mm. that was cool. Yeah. But in the nebula, you could kind of tell there were models yeah, taking totally. their turns to move. But this is really fluid and really natural. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, if you love ship explosions, just you wait. Yeah, haha. So the Enterprise uh, returns back home. By back home, it's a giant space station. This is the first time, I believe, on screen that we have seen this design of a space station, which would then, of course, carry on to be the main design for Deep Space Nine. Yeah, big. This is big, big boy. Uh, And that is when we are introduced to the starship Excelsior. It's got a pretty cool new sort of uh, trans-warp drive. And Scotty's like, huh, Trans warp drive. If my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a wagon. Now, now, Mr. Scotty. Young minds, fresh ideas, be tolerant. <laughs> yeah. Have you two got the script or something? Yeah, I, I wrote that down. That's one of my favourite quotes. <laughs> it's a good one. I think it's one of the most stupid designs for a Starfleet ship I've ever seen. You don't like the, the pregnant ship look or something? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like that it looks like a beached whale. <laughs> It is sort of the butt of the movie, though. So, you know, maybe it's purposely looks a little stupid, you know? But the thing is, it comes back, and isn't Sulu in charge of it at some point? Yeah, at some point, there's something involving Sulu and Excelsior. Yeah, yeah look, I didn't have too much of a problem, mostly because I didn't like the, the science ship shape. Um, <laughs> True, I think it's actually superior to that. I don't like its neck. Like, the yes. neck thing looked really yeah, weird. I was saying yeah. to Sandro that it looks like the middle bit of the extended buses. Yeah, yeah, like it's a bendy bus. Like, yeah. the, the top bit of it can bend side yeah. to side, <laughs> which would be an interesting feature. Yeah, they yeah. Fire, fire a torpedo and suddenly it just goes boop. It just goes... <laughs> <laughs> to our international listeners, a bendy bus is a bus in Australia that bends in the middle. Yeah, it's like an accordion <laughs> on wheels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's the joke of the street wherever you go in Australia. Everyone points yeah. on laughs. Yep. Yeah. And it goes, 
Uh, as it turns around corners, you know. Activate the transwarp accordion drive. <laughs> but before they get off the ship, Kirk notices there is a heat signature coming from Spock's quarters, and but so he that down. so he's escorted by some of the stupidest looking guards <laughs> yes. in the galaxy, and behaving. Okay, okay. First off, first off, he walks in the room, not the security detail. The armed and armoured security detail who were there before him, mm. why weren't they in there searching the place? Because they, their costumes are so ridiculously <laughs> large they can't get through the door. Ah, yes, <laughs> makes sense. They were deciding which one will go first when he turns up. I love the old Star Trek, like, bulky security, oh, like, things and, like, suits and stuff. I love that stuff. I think it works in the original series because everything is so cheesy in that show. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's super cheesy, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, in this, it just kind of t- took me right out of it. And I was okay. like, oh. I, 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 it was... It was familiar enough with the Star Trek series for me that I didn't really <laughs> bat an eye. Yeah. Although when you point it out, it is rather funny. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like uh, a prototype design for like the RoboCop costume, mm. except it's made out of uh, foam. Yeah, <laughs> and mm. old cardboard boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's funnier later on in the film, and we'll get to that scene. But mm. just the guards yeah. there, same design, same costume. But I think maybe the fact that they were just the dumb guards just yeah. ruined mm. it for me. Anyway, uh, Bones is inside Spock's quarters and he's speaking as Spock. Well, Jim, help me. Huh? What you going on about? <laughs> you left me on Genesis. <laughs> what are you talking about? You ain't no Spocky boy. Come on. Get out of that. Just in case uh, a couple stragglers are just arriving in the theater, he just makes sure you know. <laughs> talking about that spark boy that i left on the thing you're like spark what is going on let's take you back to the infirmary the commander of the space station is like everybody's on shore leave scotty though you're gonna go help on the excelsior and we're going to retire the enterprise because it's been destroyed and also it's old it's old as hell yeah which is fair although Mm. big sad oh man the empire i love the empire the empire's good (laughs) and and then scotty's like Oh, yeah, I'd love to work on this ship I hate. <laughs> With the transwarp <laughs> drive. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the new fancy transport. Great. I'd love to work on that. Excelsior, the ship, looks like a transformer. It's a yep. Star Trek transformer. That's right. Well, it the can. The giant thing in the middle is his eye. It's like a, it turns <laughs> oh, into a God. Cyclops transformer Ugh. or something. Speaking of which... There's a guy in the station that Uhura ends up at. She's the head of transport or something like that. Looks like James <laughs> yeah. Marsden. He does look like yes. James Marsden. Yeah. I wrote that down as well. <laughs> he, he, he's also just the worst. He's the worst person. <laughs> it's like he's chatting her up. I think he was going to lead into a bit of chatting up, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, there's that the bit where... Um, I know we're jumping forward a bit, but this is where my favourite quote comes from. Uh, Kirk and Bones and Sulu have turned up to the transporter room to be beamed away. And the guy's like, this is really unusual. they got no ID, no destination, no orders. This is really un- unusual. And she goes, and I'm just going to let it happen. And he goes, what? Have you lost all your sense of reality? <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, Kirk is in his room and he's wearing a skiing jacket. Look, it's cold on Earth at this time of year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty frosty. Sarek drops by and is like, you should have taken Spock's body to Vulcan and not dumped him on Genesis. Did you hear that, audience? He dumped him on Genesis. What, did he? Oh. Yeah, it's news to me. Oh, man. Then they do a mind meld and just repeat the death scene word for word for the third time in this movie. I thought that was really nicely shot, though. Yeah, it, it was, was well a, shot. It was, a, it was a cool scene. And I, I liked the whole, the dad was just, like, really pissed off. There's that line. I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it, he says his logic is compromised when it comes to his son. Mm, yes. Yeah, yes. And there's a great, great... That actually works really well in... Uh, Discovery, if you watch that, they set that up really well because they've got a really good dynamic in that. Oh, it's great. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarek is like, oh, I tried to mind meld with you because usually when a Vulcan dies or something, they leave their mind in someone else's mind. But it's not in your mind. So I guess he's freaking dead for good. Single tear. End of the film. Yeah, I know that's (laughs) the end of the film. And then we find out that the security cameras of the Enterprise are the same cameras that are held by the film crew from the last film. <laughs> As Kirk uh, rewatches the security footage. Yeah, he, re- he rewatches Wrath of Khan on VHS. Yes, exactly. Yes. He has Wrath of Khan on VHS, and he's just like, oh man, this is a great movie. I should have. What was I doing? Oh, wait, Spark! Oh, God! Spark! Spark! Yeah. Spark! He really does say that that way every time. He, yep. he does. It's just a, the way he says it, oh. which is just great. But yes, he rewatches through the quote-unquote security footage, which yeah. shows that before uh, Spock knocked out McCoy, getting into the radiation-filled room, he also mi- uh, mind-melded with him. Mm. Uh, which I thought was a very clever way of putting yes. it to the previous movie. They did have it in the previous movie, and I wondered what he was going to remember, because I didn't realise that they were setting this up. But they were. Really? Was that Did a they? scene? It is. I remember it from when we watched it. I don't remember it being in my copy. It's in my copy. It's possible that they added it in post to a the movie afterwards. Yeah. Oh, I think they did, actually, because it's a completely different shot than the one they're looking at in the film. Huh. Ah. It's a much closer up shot, so they must have inserted it in the release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preparing. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Which is, well. which is cool. I like that. Um, I do, too. I, I like it when they go back and edit... Uh, the old films uh, that I like to make it uh, better. Uh, George Lucas would be a best friend. Yes. Yeah, I love it, especially when you add an entire CGI musical sequence. That's exactly what you should do. Go back to every old sci-fi film and add a CGI music sequence. I really like when um, you just make the, the character go, no, because it's his iconic thing and just put it in for no reason. That's the latest edit he did, by the way. No, that is not the latest edit. Oh, Wait, really? The latest edit is A New Hope, where Han Solo doesn't shoot Greedo first, but when Greedo dies, he says McClunky for some reason. Oh yeah, that's right, McClunky. That's the most recent edit, and it makes no sense. I, yeah, that's right, McClunky, I forgot about McClunky. McClunky. I loved him in Home Alone. McClunky Culkin. Good joke. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't appreciate it. Anyway... <laughs> So they're like, we got to bring Bones and Spock's dead body to a mountain and Vulcan. But where could his dead body be? Definitely not on Genesis, where this film won't <laughs> let you forget is where his body is. Jesus Christ, yeah. It does, it does uh, rail on a bit about it, doesn't it? 
yeah. That, that was possibly another one of my gripes, although not as much of a gripe as some of the other things. Let's jump over to the science vessel. What's its name again? The Grissom, I believe. That's it. The USS uh, Grissom. The shit ship. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll call it from now. The about to be yeeted. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, sorry. The SS about to be yeeted. I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. Should give it its official name. Don't want to disrespect it or anything. Yeah. Savick and uh, Young Kirk <laughs> are looking at some scanners and then there's and they're like, there's life forms down on the planet. So they beam down, they go to the torpedo, uh, which is what it's called <laughs> in this scene, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of evolved microbes around it and then they open it up and they're like, oh, where the heck is Spock? Hey, there's just Spock's uh, burial uniform. What the heck is happening here? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Oh my god, Spock's alive! What? I liked the I like the microbes. That they mm. they yeah. sent this thing and didn't really think about, you know, the microbes and stuff on it. Yeah. But also I think in the original Genesis project that it wouldn't have mattered so much because it would have taken, you know, weeks or months or years perhaps for it to them to evolve into proper creatures. Yeah. But yeah. because he put the the, the unstable matter in it and it made Mm. it much better at doing it but too much better in fact it was so fast that it would you know cause the whole thing to collapse on itself yeah Mm. i I really like the whole idea of everything's accelerated and yeah and everything grows quicker or regenerates quicker i'll just say that (laughs) yeah Um, that was cool i thought they were gonna be like hey he died on this planet but deaths on this planet don't matter because it would like his cells regenerate too quickly and his son was going to be like, yeah, I survived, yay. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sequel idea. <laughs> sequel mm. idea. Well, the thing is, the planet doesn't completely blow up at the end either. So it's mm. true. It's possible that they just yeah. regenerated and now it's just like a Klingon planet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's my sequel idea. I know it's early, but... <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great it's sequel good. idea. <laughs> That is a good sequel idea. Kirk is like, hey, Mr. Commander, I want to go to Genesis. And the commander's <laughs> like, you can't go to Genesis. What you talking about? So Kirk goes that's exactly how he said. to the rest of the crew. And he says, uh, and I think Scotty is like, what did the commander say, Mr. Kirk? Tell me what the commander said. And Kirk says, the word is no. I am therefore going anyway. Yes. I did like that. Oh, and then I love the scene afterwards where Bones slash Spark. Spock. Go to a, a bar Spock. and uh, has a, an, a conversation about how he orders a specific a water, basically. And the waitress <laughs> goes, that's all your usual poison. And then DeForest Kelly raises his eyebrow and goes, referring to ordering poison in a bar is not logical. That's <laughs> so good. It's so good. <laughs> it is. Which was great because obviously he's been influenced by a mind meld at the moment. Yeah. So he's going yeah. a little stir crazy. And then after that sequence, Obi-Wan takes uh, mm. takes Bones over to Han Solo's table and is like, you need a ship? Yes. Mm. And then Mr. Death Sticks from Attack of the Clones comes yes. over. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go yeah. home and rethink my life. You want some Death Sticks? <laughs> anyway, he's trying to get a ship off this alien guy that, that approaches him and he's talking about Genesis loudly because the alien is like, where do you want to go? And he's like, I want to go to Genesis. And then... Hey, Sandro, why would he want to go to Genesis? Oh, because Genesis is... uh, You might not know this, but Mm. Spock died, right? Wait, what? What? Yeah, sorry, spoilers. Whoa, whoa, since when? Where did he do that? Oh my God, Spock died? 
Spock dies. Mm-hmm. Oh no! And Spock. Yeah, they, they put his body in an escape pod and they <laughs> flung it towards the uh, newly created planet Genesis. Wasn't yeah. it a stasis tube? It was a torpedo. Oh. <laughs> yeah. A security guard approaches him and is like, stop talking about Genesis. Can I offer you a ride home? But Bones is like, where's the logic in offering me a ride home, you idiot? If I wanted a ride home, why would I be trying to charter a space flight? (laughs) You idiot. And then he tries to do... Yes, the Vulcan pitch. That's awesome. And the eyebrows are going up and he's just... It's not working. What's going on? (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Yeah, because he's so confused at the moment, which is, yeah. it's very good. I love it. I've got written here, don't get smart, Tiny. What is that a reference to? <laughs> oh, dude, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. It's um where, uh, is Chekhov? What is my brain doing? Sulu. Sulu, yeah. Sulu uh, freaking owns a guy like two heads taller than him. Yeah. Because he calls him Tiny. And so he just slams the dude and he's like, don't call me tiny. It was shot really well, though, because you didn't think this guy was actually tall, but he's a giant. He really is. And uh, Sulu tells one of the guards, please go and get Admiral Kirk for me, so he leaves the room. And then the other guy sighs because he's bored. And so mm. Sulu says, oh, no, he yawns. He says, we're keeping you awake or something like that. And then he mm. stands up and keeps standing up because he's huge yeah. and yeah. says, don't get smart, tiny. Which was very aggressive for no oh, reason, yeah. I'd have to say. So good thing that... Uh, Sulu put him in his place, just kabam. Yeah, it's like asking a work colleague, are you tired? Because they're all Starfleet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all yeah. Starfleet, yeah. Yeah, bugger off, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then they run into the uh, the scene we were talking about before where Ahura is uh, just telling some rude dude to get in the closet. Yeah, it's great. I like how the, the, the old Star Trek, uh, you know, characters are just... Badasses at this point. Oh, They're all just yeah. badasses that can kick everyone's ass because they've been in the action so long <laughs> that, yeah. like, no one has even close to the experience they have with this crap. Yeah, so they're just not. all badasses at that point. Even the lowest character on the ship is just like a badass at this yeah. point. Uh, so they all, Kirk, Bones, Chekhov, Scotty, and Sulu, not Uhura, because uh, she's not a man and she can't go on this adventure. Um, they all go onto the Starship Enterprise. What are you talking about? 1984 was a perfectly good time for women and people of colour. Uh, that's going to get a capital oof from me. It's also a capital It was a different well. time. So they are all making their escape in the Enterprise and the captain of the Excelsior is interrupted from a nail filing session <laughs> to go and chase after them. He's like, why is there a yellow alert when we're docked in a station? <laughs> I love the way he answers that too. He pokes it with the nail file. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what the frick is happening? And the guy's like, uh, sir, s- uh, someone's taking the Enterprise. And he's like, huh? I'll be there in a second. Here's a bridge I did like. I really like the mm. Excelsior Bridge. It's so clean. It it's so shiny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I'm glad we're on board for that because I also liked that because it was very like new, flashy, high tech. Oh, we're so much better than the Enterprise. Wow, aren't we cool? Yeah. Yeah. And it was huge too in comparison. Mm. Yeah, which makes the butt of the joke later on much, much better. <laughs> yes. It was a good joke. I like Is it, this yeah. the first? Because there definitely wasn't any emotion picture. Maybe there was like one in Wrath of Khan, but like the style of for want of a better term, a Hollywood joke. There were a lot in this. There were, like, a lot of yeah. Yeah. properly structured jokes. Usually through the music as well. 
Oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, true. Mm. Maybe that's why Star Trek fans don't like this one as much. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, mm. it's, it is... Yeah. It seems less serious than it should be. Uh, for, like, near the end of it, I think. Mm. Well, yeah. even just this bit, because the high-speed chase, <laughs> um, <laughs> where they're reversing towards the doors, and they're just not opening yet, and Sulu's mm. looking as panicked as he can get. Mm. Uh, you know, he's, he's a very refrained person, but even he's like, uh-oh. This isn't good. Yeah. It's funny. It is. Um, it's very like a heist film. <laughs> it is. Yes. Which yeah. is I liked. I liked it. It was mm. like a half heist film. Yeah, I love this whole sequence. Yeah. But yeah, the Excelsior, it just stops in its tracks. <laughs> it, it runs out of power. And Scotty has the line, the more they overthink the plumbing, the easier it is to clog up the drain. Which is yep. a great line. That yeah. is that, that's an inspired line. Oh, yeah. Love me, Scotty. Scotty is absolutely my favourite character. Will not hide that. I agree. I love yeah. me some Scotty. <laughs> the captain of the Excelsior actually reminds me of Howard Stark. Mm. <laughs> he so does. You're yeah, right. he is. He looks almost exactly the same yeah. as the actor. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to everyone's favourite planet, Genesis. Now, if you're unfamiliar, Genesis is a planet. Oh! <laughs> Tell me more. I'm familiar. Moving on. <laughs> Sarek... And young Kirk find child Spock and is a little kid and they're like, oh, Spock's cells are regenerating. And then everyone just stares at him for like 20 seconds and their reaction is so good. <laughs> and then uh, we cut to the ship, which name I have forgotten again. Yeah, the SS about to be yeeted. Yep, <laughs> yeah. because the Klingon ship comes out of nowhere and just blows them up. Yeah, yeah. The SS stands for shitty sh- ship, by the way. <laughs> just making sure everyone knows. I liked the, uh, it's almost a quote. I can't say it word for word because it was spoken in Klingon, mm. but they destroy the ship. Target the engine only. And Christopher Lloyd is like, I wanted prisoners. And the Klingon's like, oh, lucky shot, I guess, Captain, or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's disintegrated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, mm. the Klingons, they destroy the ship. They head down to the planet Genesis, which if you're which unfamiliar... Which planet is that? <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Hey, look, Zach, we've only run that joke into the ground a tenth of the amount you run jokes into the ground, so give yeah, us a chance. Yeah, well, that's that's fair. I, I Look, I'm just playing the, like, devil's advocate, you know? Okay, You've got to hate enough. my ones, i got to hate your ones, you know? The Klingons head... Two, Genesis, the microbes have turned into giant snakes. That's kind of cool. Because everything's accelerated. They're like uh, they're like gooey worm things. Yeah. I love them. And then the sun just suddenly sets. Yeah, what was that? It set so quickly. I don't know. Also, how did they go from the jungle part of the planet to the snow part of the planet so quickly um, as well? They, they explained that earlier um, because all the biomes are like really close together. Ah. See, I must have been vomiting at the side of the science vessel. vessel yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, you were probably vomiting at the sight of it um, yeah. at the time. So I, they do actually say... No, I, I did hear that there were different zones, but I didn't realise yeah. they were close together. Yeah, he says, wow, they're so close together. That is a okay. thing he says. So there is exposition for that. No, okay. no, that's good then. I give it credit for that. Um, the Enterprise, they also approached Genesis, a planet made by a torpedo. Mm. Um, uh-huh. Not a stasis tube. Was it? Yeah. Wait, so that made the planet? I'm not sure. Can you explain the plot to me again? <laughs> so as we see in a scene that is uh, the same sort of graphics as the opening sequence <laughs> of Age of Empires 1 from 1999, <laughs> it is uh, cr- created by Genesis and also Spock's dead. What? 
fuck? So they approach the planet Genesis, and I really liked how even though they have all gone completely rogue, Mm -hmm. they are still so formal while piloting the ship. It's great. Mm, It's great. The Klingon ship is like, oh, there's people. We're going to blow them up. But Sulu's like... Look out in space. You can see something a little bit distorted out there. It's almost like we're looking through a giant ship that's cloaked. And then they shoot at each other. That's that's that scene. Wow, that was that was that whole scene concised <laughs> into was. like five seconds. But yeah, I, I do like how cloaking works for all scanners and other things, but like manually seeing it in yeah. the viewer, can, they can be spotted. It's really sense. hard. Because you mm. have to be looking where yeah. it is and then still spot it. But it is possible to spot one. And they tried cool. to write it off because Sulu kind of thought, oh, it's probably just like a temperature anomaly mm. or something like that. And then Kirk says, no, I bet it's a, a ship that's cloaked. Yeah. Because I'm a captain. I go with my feeling. Because I'm the main character and I've got to look awesome. Yeah, just like what the other captain says, who he also goes with his instincts. <laughs> it's true. Yep. So they fire at each other. The Klingons, they fire at the Enterprise and basically knock out all power. The Enterprise, before that, they fire at the Klingon ship and the poor dog gets sparks all over it and dies. <laughs> yeah. R.A.P. Space Dog. I was so glad to see it go. <laughs> I was devastated. Honestly, this is the most <laughs> traumatic death of this movie. Never mind the entire crew of soon-to-be-yeeted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, more dramatic than their death. Absolutely. It's actually more dramatic than freaking David's. <laughs> yes, than David's <laughs> yeah. death, which is uh, well-deserved. Very yeah, iconic, <laughs> slimy dog character. I wouldn't be surprised... If they spent more on the design of the dog than they did paying the actor who played David. Yeah, probably. Fair enough. Oh, that reminds me. There's a line where... I was, gonna, I was just going to say Christopher Lloyd's character. I've forgotten the character's name. He's talking to his crew and then he says, hold steady. Like he, he's about to say, fire soon. He's like, hold steady. And then you hear, Arr. and I thought, what the hell was that? And then I realized it was the dog because it cuts to it a few shots later. Yeah. But I thought yeah. it was just him going, <laughs> I mean, you know, Klingons, they do growl a bit sometimes. They do, yeah. Moving on, the Enterprise has no power, and Kirk is like, so we're all like sitting ducks right now in space, looking for Spock Spock. on the planet Genesis. Sorry, what was that, Captain? I didn't understand. What is this Genesis you speak of? (laughs) Whoa, are you me? (laughs) It is I, Kirk, except without all your memories. You see, a small bit of DNA got sent into the torpedo of you. Now it's a clone of you, but me. But I have no memories, so you'll need Whoa. to explain it all to me. This is amazing. There is a planet called there. We're not doing that again. Wait, it contains Spark? Spark is on a planet. Something seems familiar about Spark. <laughs> I like saying that name, Spark. Kirk is like, we're going to bluff. Hey, Klingons, you surrender. Yeah, Doc Brown's like, yeah, they're bluffing. I feel it in, <laughs> yeah. my, in my instincts as well. You know? Just kill one of the prisoners down below on the planet Genesis, yeah. which is where they left Spock in the last film. Oh, yeah, the guard goes to kill Savick, but yeah. then David's like, I'm a hero, Dad. I'm a hero. I'm going to get killed. And you won't even realize it. Yeah, that was really weird. This film's a very tame on the like violence except when it comes to gooey worm amiibos because yeah. yep. that one had like blood pouring out of it as he like squeezed it 
But for the True. rest of the film, we don't see any deaths. Nope. I guess they wanted a better rating. I don't know, like a PG uh, rather than M or something. Yeah, I think um, because Wrath of Khan didn't make as much as the motion picture, they wanted to try and make a bit more money by making it a little bit more kid-friendly. And yeah. it didn't work, but, you know, they tried. Yeah. Kirk surrenders up the ship. He's mm. like, you Klingons can come onto the ship and, uh, and take all of us prisoner. Um, but what he actually does is he sets the entire ship to self-destruct and then beams down to the planet Genesis, which is where they left Spock's body and where oh. Spock is currently regenerating. I did love how uh, dramatic the Enterprise's explosion is. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. That scene is great. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, like, the the computer's speaking and he holds up the microphone to the captain and the captain's like, oh, it's a counter! Quick, get out of there! Great shot. And then, and then mm. the Klingons get blown up, you know? This is probably my favourite part of this film. It's probably the best Enterprise destruction. There's a lot of They've them. done it a couple times yeah, and have, I think this yeah. might be my favourite in terms just... of the look. Although I do really like the Enterprise crashing on that planet in Beyond. That looked amazing. Yeah, Beyond yeah. was good. What was the one? It, was it Insurrection? I can't remember. Where No, it wouldn't be Insurrection. They had the Enterprise Debo then. But when uh, the next generation Enterprise gets destroyed and it crashes, the dish of it crashes on the mm, planet. That one's a good one that's too. First Cotton, though. That's not First Contact, is no, it? Which one is that? Generations is mainly set on one planet, so it wouldn't Look, surprise every, me if... Mm. Every second episode, the Enterprise freaking carks it. Oh, it so. does True. now. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah. you know, it's practically made of tissue paper at this point. <laughs> but anyway, there's this Tissue one, paper and gum. There's Beyond, and there's that one where they separate the engine part and the dish, and then the dish crashes in mm. one of those next-gen mm. movies. Those are my three yeah, favorites. Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty They're good, good crash. I have to yeah. give you that. Yeah. The ones in all the movies are great. The ones in the TV show, not so much. Yeah, mm. true. Oh, yeah. Anyway... I do like the scene where they're like standing on the planet after each teleported and he's yes. like, what have I done? What have I done? And Scotty's like, what you have to do, sir? What you have to do? You blew her up, Captain. Well, you blew her up, you bastard. I worked for 20 <laughs> years keeping that tub afloat and you fucking blew it up. <laughs> I gave her all she's got and you gave her death. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a great line after that, though, which is what Bone says. You did what yeah. you always do, what you had to do. You turned mm. death into a fighting chance to live. Mm, yeah. So good. It's very good. And I like the effect as it goes across, like, because they've teleported down onto the planet mm. and then can just watch the Enterprise enter the atmosphere. Which yeah. is very cool. Yeah, really good stuff. Oh, sorry. I should call it now the X Surprise. <laughs> oh, that's literally from a Mad magazine. <laughs> yeah, is it? Yeah. So not only is the X Surprise uh, being destroyed, but the planet they're on is also blown what? up. Mm. Which planet was that? Sorry. Uh, the planet of Spark. <laughs> planet of Spark. That's what this film should have been called, Planet of Spark. I'm mad that the planet didn't get called Planet Spark. Yeah. Um, well, actually, speaking of which, I'm surprised they didn't change the name to Planet Genocide because it was dying. Woof. <laughs> nice. Got him. <laughs> um, Spock, his head is uh, transforming, which was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a weird effect. Yeah. And then, and then Kirk and the team, they rock up to save the other team. And once again, Kirk has got his anti-collar shield on because the collar stands straight up. Yeah, yep. well, he, ha- he had to get a new one. Every every time they dock at a station, he gets a new, up-to-date, collar-reinforced <laughs> suit. It's true. <laughs> to make sure yes. that his collar stands up at all times. It's for true. maximum neck protection. Oh, yeah. Spark gets 
uh, all aged up. Uh, they they fight the Klingon boys. Oh yeah, they kill pretty much every Klingon aside from one guy on the ship and Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, they're all pretty much dead. Yeah, no. Um, what's his face beams down. Doc Brown, I should say, mm. uh, beams down. I like their like fight, and then the planet starts blowing up, and uh, yeah. he he tries to save Doc Brown, but Doc Brown then tries to kill him, and he's like. I've just had enough of you. Yeah. yeah. No, he says to exactly quote him, I have had enough of you. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much exactly what he said. Because, yeah. like, in between, he's, like, kicking him, which is great. Yes. Yeah. So he grabs Spock and they all beam up to the Klingon ship. He did a really clever thing because he heard Christopher Lloyd's character mm. speak to Maltz, the other Klingon, say the beam me up in Klingon, basically. So he quotes that tries mm. to impersonate his voice so when he gets beamed up the other guy thinks it's the captain yeah yeah, mm. yeah. i thought that was really good i was wondering i th- i thought maybe uh, kirk would know klingon and i wonder if it was just that but that that makes a better scene obviously if he was just yeah like improvising at the time yeah i thought he was improvising i mean he probably does i haven't seen much star trek but uh like i don't i don't think he does kirk in the original series never no mm. yeah because because like it's only later on where like klingons are get more established as we've said mm. so yeah i really like the klingon that's left he's really cool Oh, yes, they get on the ship and there's one Klingon left and they're like, you, Mr. Klingon, help us or die. And the Klingon's like, no, I do not deserve to live. Kirk responds with, fine, I'll kill you later. Yeah. And then he says, take him to the brig. Wait, you said you'd kill me. I lied. Yeah, Yeah, it's like later on in that scene, he's like, cool, let's get us out of here. And the Klingon's like, weren't you going to kill me? Come on, man. Take him to the brig. Then the planet genocide. I mean Genesis. Yep. Blows up. What planet was that again? Uh, Genesis. Planet Spock. I believe is what you're referring to. Former planet Spock. They all fly off the Vulcan. They meet Sarek there. They go inside of a mountain and they do the ceremony called (laughs) the refusion, which is where they're going to take all of McCoy's Spockness and (laughs) put it back in Spock. Spock. Yeah. Which is interesting that they've done this ritual before. Like, they say it's been, like, thousands of years, and it's only in Legends. And even then, only in Legends. (laughs) But, uh, like, also, did this happen at some point? Did someone die, but then they had a clone or maybe a slave? Maybe maybe they had, like, a different person, and they put themselves in just a random other person. And obviously, that's not kosher. Mm. But, Mm. like, so is that, like, a dark ritual? Uh... Uh, no, we don't get much background on that. It's true. Here is some fun facts for you. <laughs> you know how uh, the Grand Vulcan priestess, she's always, like, standing on something during the mm-hmm. sequence, or mm-hmm. she's being carried? Yeah, it's because uh, they thought that she was, like, five foot ten, but she was actually, like, four foot ten. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... and they went, oh, whoops, we got to change the set. That's actually what happened. Why can't she just be short and powerful? Because it's the 80s. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, and also Vulcans are usually quite tall. It's just like a thing. They're tall and slender, you're right. They're, they're the elves of space. It's they're true. just tall and what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean they're the elves of space? Oh, sorry, this sorry. isn't based off fantasy. Well, I'm, I'm so sorry. I've said I, I didn't mean for that to slip out. Uh, well, what? <laughs> they're, they're completely different from elves in space. I just realised we got scene four of five... Um, of Uhura in this film. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The refusion is a success. Oh, thank God. It's not like I saw that coming a mile off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it ends with Spock being with Spock being Spock. like Kirk, James Kirk, and then Kirk is like Spock. My name is Kirk, and you're Spock. And then they just say each other's names for like a minute, and then <laughs> and then and then Kirk sets him up for a very terrible future because he deliberately misquotes the quote from the start of the film. <laughs> yeah, about the needs oh, yeah. of the many outweighing the needs of the one. He said, "Well, the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many." So Spock's got to be very selfish from now on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, or <laughs> yeah. like, once his memory gets back, he'll just remember the, the quotes. The other way Jim, down. you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Jim. And that is the end of the movie. I'm probably going to rate this a goodie. I'm going to rate this a spark out of ten. No, um, I, I'm also rating it a goodie. But I definitely yeah. would have rated can higher than this absolutely and i had a lot of issues see the problem is the whole concept of bringing spock back i love i love spock he's a great character everybody loves spock the problem is it also sets a precedent that death doesn't mean anything it's the classic like superhero trope of like oh no superman died i really hope they don't he the the, the a man i really i'm uh, so sad that oh and he's back He's yep. already back. It's been two comic books. He's back again. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's yep. it. I'm also very confused about why they did it because it was pretty clear that Nimoy didn't want to be there very much, yet they keep adding him to the films. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think out of the three films we've seen, this is definitely the most silliest, mm. but I do think it's the most cinematic. I don't know. It feels like a movie and not like an episode, which Agreed. is neither a bad thing or a good thing. It's mm. just a thing. Yeah. I think all of the performances are great. Perhaps Shatner's best performance mm. out of all these films slash in general yeah. as a complete performance, mm. not Actually, like glimpses of greatness. Exactly. On that note, go. what you said just then, the complete performance kind of like carrying the, the whole film is really good. But there were moments in Wrath of Khan when he found out about David where I just thought, suitably mm. dramatic. But this one oh, is yeah. good all the way through. And Leonard Nimoy's directing, I mean, it's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so good in this. It's good. Except Incredible for stuff. the David Death scene, which I've said many times now. But Yeah. Well, the, the scene itself is fine. The problem is the rest of the movie kind of forgets about it. Like, there's the bit where he's like, oh, no, you killed my son. Oh, man. Yeah. And then <laughs> later on, they're like, oh, man, your son died. Yeah. 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 Your, your son, your ship. And he almost goes, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, well. yeah, whatever. They were like garbage. Yeah, whatever. We're going to wrap this film up in 15 minutes. Let's just go. Yeah, that's yeah. what he says. Which really took um, me out of it. So, yeah, I think, ooh, I think it's in the middle of the three we've seen for me. Mm. I think I agree. It's it's really close for me. It's probably mm. tied with the first one. Um, it's, it's weirdly tied because it's way better in a lot of different things. Yeah. But it's also like a less star tricky episode and i do, i do have a personal it's like personal nostalgia for the the episode themey oh definitely sort of a bit of it but it's like this one's a 7.1 where the other one was a seven or so i don't know i don't know what i'm yeah but like <laughs> that enough. it's like a point one above the other one i think mm. for me it does feel almost like a comedy episode from the original series though like mm. there are moments where it feels like a classic 
Star Trek episode where they go to uh, the land of fairy tales. That was an episode that was very funny. Yeah, uh, which which so, I I liked. I liked the sort of silliness of it, though. Uh, it's definitely a mixed reception from everyone, I think, for this movie just in general. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But before we pitch sequels yeah. there are a sequels to this movie obviously what? there's more star trek huh? what <laughs> uh yeah so this trilogy it ended two years later in 1986 with the voyage home also directed by nameway then shatner was like i want to direct an episode and he did the final frontier and everyone hated it it almost killed the franchise again but then they did the undiscovered country and it was great was it though <laughs> shatner's and then there's of course shatner's final movie star trek generations which I like that one. Again, we're going to have to do the next-gen films on spin-off. I think so. I think so. That would be a good plan. Uh, Yeah, you kind of hinted at your uh, sequel that you were going to pitch before, Reese. Yeah, I did. It's basically the whole idea of there's still, like, similar to Doctor Who regeneration energy from Time Lords. Genesis is giving off this energy that can revive a dead Klingon. So, yeah, the Genesis device and energy revives uh, Christopher Lloyd's character. I keep forgetting his name. What is his name? Krug? Yeah, Krug. Yeah, brings Krug back, and maybe it becomes a bit of a Klingon planet, or maybe he just comes back with a lot of power. Mm. And uh, it's just basically revenge story. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Wrath, the Wrath of Krug. <laughs> the Wrath of Krug. The Wrath of Krug. It's just the same as Khan, but it's just Krug. <laughs> you threw me into a pit. God damn it. Uh, my idea, which I'll quickly go, is one of the worst ideas I've ever had. It is a midquel takes place halfway through this movie in which Sarek, David, and Spock are all uh, growing up together. At least they are from the perspective of, mm. uh, of Spock. And uh, mm. young Spock and young Kirk, they go off on adventures on this planet, maybe to vie for the, the love of Sarek? I don't know. It's bad. <laughs> but it's just... It's just... <laughs> It's just an excuse to have young Spock and young Kurt going off oh, on adventures. God. That that oh that hurt to hear. <laughs> As you kept talking, it got worse and mm. worse. It's, a, it's mm. a terrible idea. Yeah. Also, bring back the worst female character in Star Trek for mm. them to love. For, oh my god! I've actually got two more sequels I've come up with on the spot. I've oh, yeah. I've, I've got a sequel. Okay, you go first, and then I'll give my two extra ones, which are kind of half-assed. So you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my sequel is, we were talking about the regenerative qualities of this planet. Mm, yeah. So as Krug is uh, uh, sent into the, the core of this planet, we we cut to, to David and the Klingon and they like, they wake up and like pat down their wounds. And it's like, oh, I'm alive. What the heck? And then he looks over at the Klingon and they have like a, a sort of like, huh, we're both alive. And they sort of get up and brush themselves off. And then are like, oh, wait, we're enemies. And then they fight each other. <laughs> um, with, uh, I think, the Klingon managing to win in the end. Stabbing him and then moving on. Meanwhile, David, once again, he revives because of the revive energy. Gets up and is like, this isn't working. And while the Klingon is like looking for his recorder, David just kind of pushes him into a lava pit. Meanwhile, cut to... Uh, our favorite Doc Brown, as he goes into the core of this planet, full of regenerative abilities, and it and it grabs hold of him, combining it with uh, this human DNA that's around in this in the area from David, 
and it transforms him into a, a mad human scientist, um, <laughs> giving him a much more infused intelligence. But because of all the traumaticness of being in lava and all that, he can't remember who he really was. All he knows is that he's a, a human with now uh, this blessings of insane geniusness mm. that the Genesis device has parted on him. But because of the destruction of the planet, let me guess, it tore a rift in space and time? Oh, absolutely. Mm, mm. And he gets he gets launched through it uh, uh, along with um, David and this uh, half-fried Klingon mm-hmm. uh, into uh, a, a very young Earth. Uh, very strange. And then, mm. like, an episode of Back to the Future happens. He, he also he also meets somebody who he befriends, and his name is Scott. And whenever mm. whenever he does anything good, he goes, "Ah, oh, great, Scott!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Scotty gets caught in this time rift <laughs> as well, yeah. and Scotty helps him build the time machine. Yes. So he's like, "Great, Scott! That's a great work you're doing there." Wow. And that sort of thing, and that just he sort of loves that mm. phrase, so he just. He just starts using that, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I could. I could That's... hear the pain that Sandra's in. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my sequel idea. Yeah. Reese, you had presumably better ideas. Oh, I, do, I don't know about better because oh, there's boy. no topping that. That's great. Uh huh. But well, my sequel, and I might, I might start like with the first scene. It kind of mm. starts with a montage of all the characters waking up in the Enterprise. You have Kirk. Maybe there's a monologue just talking about how the crew's going. But he's noticing mm-hmm. something suspicious going on with McCoy and Spock. Because, you see... Oh, oh no! Spock and McCoy. <laughs> they wake up. They go through their usual routine. They get in their uniform. Except for some reason, when they walk out to go to their stations, <laughs> McCoy goes to the bridge, goes to the oh, science no, panel. No. <laughs> and Spock goes to the med bay. <laughs> Oh no! McCoy's eyebrow is permanently stuck up, oh, no. raised, because he's questioning the world, and he's looking for the illogical points of view in it. Jeez. Basically, they they transferred the wrong brain during the refusion process. They did a swap a runo. Exactly. And his personality is all logical, and uh, Spock is like, I love illogicals. I love emotions. Ha ha! Wow. It's a me, a Spocky boy. Wow. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why he's all Italian. Though. Oh boy! <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty good. I thought. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's good. I like that. Well, that. Oh well, yeah. Is the sequels, which guess means we move on to another convoluted which is segment. Why we don't write for Star Trek. Ooh, it be <laughs> the next segment is. Rave, 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 these are the raving reviews of the oldie but the goodie podcast (laughs) spot we have to figure out what these reviewers have reviewed it uh out of five spark can you guess what these dudes that's the that's the idea Mm, i get mm. i get some reviews the user reviews not critic reviews because everyone knows critics are shills ouch it would be illogical to go for the Critics' reviews. Oh, absolutely. It would be purely illogical. Um, uh, Sandro and Reese have to guess the score oh portion of this section. I always fail at this when I play along, and I'm on both oh, players' absolutely. sides. 
uh, seeing as there's two people, it's a mm-hmm. competition to see who can get the most points. What we'll do is we'll do the classic Star Trek. Da 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 da. Oh, absolutely. Da 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 da. Derek says seven point five out of ten, solid, but not very spectacular, especially after Wrath of Khan. So, what did he rate this? Three. I'm gonna go three as well. You're gonna go three. He actually rated this four out of five. Oh damn. I thought you guys would have got that with the, you know, 7.5 out of 10. Oh, well. MD says, well, you should get this one then. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's decent. <laughs> 2.5. I was about to say that, yeah, 2.5. Okay. You're b- uh, both 2.5? Yeah. Seems like it. I'll risk well, it. that's correct. It's Yay! 2.5. Well done. Points for all. Uh, William, he says, Riker? this is an enjoyable movie. Good plot and good cast. 8.2 out of 10. <laughs> Ooh. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go four point five. I'm gonna go four. It's four out of five. Well go. done, <laughs> Grabbing the lead. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, uh, we can all agree with Tina here, which is just waiting for one great Scott <laughs> from Christopher Klingon. <laughs> which is this is great. Yeah, I love Christopher Klingon. I think I'm gonna go for a three on this one. A three. Okay. Three point five. 3.5. It's actually 3.5. Well done. Reese tying up the scores. Yeah, Very good. two each. I think, Reese, if mm. you'll check uh, the, the chat, I think you, as a professional podcaster, can read this one a bit uh, better than uh, I can. So uh, <laughs> oh, Ryan, Ryan says um, that. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to read that out for the podcast. Inspired by a certain... James T. Kirk from The Wrath of Khan, I'm just going to say... Yep, that was perfectly it. Spot on. Um, uh, that is a 5 out of 5. Uh, yeah, that's a 5 out of 5 from you. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's a spam message, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what the message is. It still has a rating. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those ones that would be in extreme, so I'm going to go the other end of the spectrum. I'm guessing it'll be wrong, but I just want some variety, so it's 0 or 0.5. It's 3 out of 5. What? Three. 3 out of 5. It's right in the middle. I don't know, man. Oh, wow. A, A, comma, A, comma, A, <laughs> symbol, A, comma, A, comma, A, comma, Oh, it's a, Elon comma, Musk's a. kid. <laughs> it's Elon Musk and Grimes' kid. Clearly you guys didn't pick up on that one. I know. That's not yeah. my fault. Um, Paul. Paul says, hmm. the search for Spock. Spock. Finding nemo <laughs> Yeah, okay. So I suppose Genesis is the equivalent of 32 Wallaby Way, Sydney? Mm. Yes, correct. Yeah. And Spock mm. is Nemo who got caught in a net. And by a net, I mean a torpedo or a cryogenic chamber. We're not sure. <laughs> really um, don't know which it is. If you know, email mm. us. Yeah, I'm going to go 3.5. Are you going 3.5? Okay. I think this is a negative review, actually. I'm going to go 2.5. Ooh, it's actually a three again. Oh, right in the middle. <laughs> you guys, yeah, right in the middle of you guys. Unfortunate, unfortunate. Although we're closing it in, aren't we? Mm. Yeah, it's pretty close at the moment, I believe. And Andrea, with uh, the, the, you know, most reasonable review, I think, is a, a nice approach to friendship. Oh, I'm going to go four again. 
I'm going to go three. <gasps> it's three out of five. Oh, oh my God. Reese gets it. Takes no it. Way. Takes it away with Sandra's one point. defeated once again. Uh, I can't believe it. I genuinely wasn't expecting that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I like... Even even as a thing, like I were, there's a running joke that Sandra loses these, but I genuinely, but yeah. I wasn't expecting wow. that because, like I said, I play along, and I I try to take almost two guesses, and sometimes neither of them are right. Yeah, yeah. I take sides with either you know the guest or Sandro, and yeah, I get it wrong a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, there's your problem. You're taking sides with Sandro. It could be <laughs> it. We were tied for so much of that, but then you yeah, yeah. Final it was point. close, and then just at the end. All right. Wow, unfortunate. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode <laughs> of Oldie Buddy Goody. Be sure to join mm. us next week where we will talk about whatever I pick at the end of the episode. Um, but mm. before we we choose that, as always, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on YouTube, you can find me on Instagram, you can find Zach on TikTok. Uh, no, you can't. You can oh. find the show. Oh, oh <laughs> excuse me. Wow. Oh. Check out uh, our brother podcast and or sister podcast, uh, Nerd Out. Nerd Out and also Nerd Out spinoff as well. They're both on the Nerd Out channel. Link mm. in the description. Reese, do you have anything else you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Well, you can find me on Instagram as well. And you could find me on YouTube. And I strongly encourage people to jump on there because that will strongly encourage me to actually make content. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that leaves nothing else but for next week's movie to be chosen. All right, Sandra. Well... You've got four pretty decent options, I would say. Hmm. Starting with uh, Beat Street. It's a good name. Yeah, uh, I'm better than Hot Dog, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, a young hip-hop artist aspires to make it big as a disc jockey. Oh, cool. It's a it's another dance film. So it's just like Breakin', except he's a musician instead of a... Yes. Cool. All right. We have um, a film called Ghostbusters. Huh? Never heard of that. Yeah, I don't know what it says. It just says in my notes here, I ain't afraid of no ghost. I don't know what that means. Well, I, I can tell you one thing. Busting makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> uh, I think everyone can relate to that. Uh, uh, and then we have Gremlins, yeah. which I will put out. I watched that very recently, like this year. Oh, nice. Which is uh, another uh, small little comedy horror with little mischievous creatures who like to destroy mm. things. Oh. But yeah, Gremlins. So like the dog in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, except more mischief and less feeding them at midnight. Yeah, right. Okay. And then we have uh, Top Secret, a parody of Elvis Presley movies, as well oh. as a spy film and World Ooh. War Two films. Ooh. Uh, stars Vel Kilmer. Ooh. Na 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 Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> Written and directed by the dude behind the Naked Gun. Oh, heck yeah. And Aeroplane. Ooh, heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's well, those, yeah, four good options. We already yeah. know that dance films in the 80s are great because Breakin was amazing. <laughs> uh, top Secret sounds good. However, much like The Naked Gun, which was an option, one of the films was an option last year, we can't do an episode on that because it doesn't have a plot and all of the jokes are visual gags. So, yeah, that is. That true. would be probably not great for an episode. Yeah. Uh, so, really, between Ghostbusters and we Gremlins. Just verbally convey Ooh. the visual jokes. <laughs> that sounds like a great episode. But yeah, Ghostbusters or Gremlins, that's a hard choice. Um, that is so hard. Cause, mm. I know what I would decide. Because Gremlins is great. Yeah. But also, Ghostbusters is like 
Ghostbusters. Classic, mm-hmm. right? It's a shame that we get both of them on the same that is a shame. schedule because I do like mm. both of them quite heavily. Sandro, it's almost like you need to call in a, a guest to help you kind of decide what it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So who are you going to call? <laughs> Let's do Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, but Ghostbusters, yeah. Also, we do have a guest in our arsenal of friends of the show who is perhaps the biggest fan of Ghostbusters. Maybe I'll see if that person wants to come on next week. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gremlins is also good, but like, I think Ghostbusters is the better option yeah. there mm-hmm. for more iconic film. Although I still maintain that Gremlins 2 is better than Gremlins, but anyway. Really? Yeah, I quite like Gremlins 2. I don't 2. think I've seen Gremlins 2. I liked it as a kid, so chances are it's not Oh, no. Good. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's but fair. anyway, let's wrap it up with our favourite quote from the movie we just saw, that being Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, in which Spock dies, and there's also a planet called Genesis. Uh, what's your favourite, Zach? Now, now, Mr. Scotty, young minds, fresh ideas, be tolerant. <laughs> what's your three? <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you lost all your sense of reality? Yeah, yeah watching this movie. <laughs> Fantastic. And my favourite is, uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or the one, that being me... <laughs> talking about myself I'm Spock Ooh. hi it's me Spock I'm dying I'm dead I'm about to die Spock why are you speaking so strangely Spock I don't understand I've turned into a young adult in Australia hello it's me Spock how you doing also, how you doing also, buddy also make sure to keep an eye on the doctor I might melded with him with all my memories make sure you uh, take him to Vulcan damn it Jim I'm a doctor not a Vulcan and don't shoot my coffin that's right, it's a coffin. I'm confirming it now. Don't shoot my coffin at the planet Genesis, which was just created by a bomb uh, that terraforms planets. Yeah, don't do that. Otherwise, my dad will be very upset with you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.